0: People talk about self-awareness a lot, don't they? And emotional intelligence. It ain't something you can develop by listening to a podcast. Emotional intelligence can't be learned from a book written by Daniel Goldman, even though it's a great book. It's got to involve some kind of embodied practice. If you want to access a deeper understanding of your own emotions and feel them so that you can have a more of a level playing field with who you're trying to support and you can understand their emotions and make that deep connection of rapport and trust so he can flourish and express because he trusts you. You've got to practice. You need an embodied practice.
1: Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas and practices of some of the best practitioners in high-performance sport. So on this episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast, we have Craig White and anyone that's been involved in rugby circles, especially here in the UK, here in England, will know of Craig's name. He's got a CV, which is incredible, working from England rugby to other nations, other rugby nations all over the world, and now doing a lot of work in South America. So a strength and conditioning coach by trade, but has taken a slightly different route and focusing more on the psychological, mentoring, I suppose personal well-being side of things versus the X's and O's of what goes on in the weight room, in the gym. So a slightly different take on performance here, but someone who clearly has incredible impact... As a performance coach by trade, but someone who can offer that support from a psychological point of view, from a cultural point of view, from a communication point of view, really interesting take. And anyone who's on that journey looking for impact away from the sets and reps, this episode is definitely for you. And like I say, anyone in rugby will know who Craig White is, but anyone outside rugby should definitely know who craig white is so enjoy this episode this episode of the pasty performance podcast is sponsored by satanta college satanta college led by dr liam hennessy provides international recognized qualifications in strength and conditioning and performance science from certificate to master's level Courses are designed by industry leaders such as Des Ryan and Professor Ian Jeffries, ensuring students and graduates are at the cutting edge of technology and learning the most current methodologies from world-renowned practitioners. Stanta College's unique blended learning approach allows you to take the next step in your career in your own time and at your own pace. Lectures are delivered in an online classroom while residential workshops provide the perfect opportunity for practical application of your studies with guidance from experts within the field of sports science and performance coaching. With campus locations across Ireland, the UK, USA, India and South Africa, applications are now open for courses including the BSc in Strength and Conditioning, MSc in Performance Coaching and MSc in Applied Sport and Exercise Physiology. Visit satantacollege.com for more information on how to apply. And this episode is also sponsored by OmegaWave. OmegaWave is the only non invasive at rest technology on the market that analyses readiness to train via both brain and cardiac analysis. Using DC potential and HRV to understand your brain's energy level and autonomic nervous system balance allows you to use objective data on recovery and readiness that in turn helps you to truly individualize your training and thus optimize performance. OmegaWave also measures ECG from the V6 position. This data can be used by the medical profession to check cardiac health on a frequent basis. The measurement takes only 4 minutes to perform and results are visualized in an intuitive way thanks to our Windows of Trainability concept. OmegaWave is used by hundreds of elite sports, military, and law enforcement organizations. OmegaWave are also the official partner of the UFC Performance Institute. Learn more about OmegaWave by visiting their website, omegawave.com, and their social media channels. And this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by iMeasureU iMeasureU is used by leading sports practitioners and biomechanics researchers worldwide to capture and compare multi-limb inertial data in the field. IMU-STEP from iMeasureU is a dual sensor and app lower limb load monitoring tool which helps practitioners optimise return to play for running based sports. iMeasureU have just released their new and improved waterproof sensor Blue Trident which includes ultra-high G capabilities to quantify high-impact steps such as cutting, landing and sprinting, longer-life battery to collect data all day, real-time feedback to aid immediate interventions, and faster workflow so practitioners can review long training sessions within minutes of training completion. iMeasureU, now part of Vicon, works with military, pro and collegiate coaches and athletes from around the world, including the Australian Institute of Sport, the U.S. Department of Defense, and collegiate and pro teams from around the world. If you want to get to know more about iMeasureU, head over to their website, imeasureu.com, or follow them on Twitter or Instagram at imeasureu. So without further ado, over to the episode with Craig. Craig White, welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Pleasure to have you.
0: Rob, it's a pleasure to meet you, mate. I've heard a lot about you. I've seen your podcast for years, and... uh... Uh, like I said in the beginning, I thought he was this uh, American guy, and uh, you're a guy that just lives up the road from me. So, I
1: yeah, it's, uh, like kindred spirits meeting. Absolutely. Close than we, close than we thought. Anyone doesn't know who you are, Craig, would you mind just giving us a bit of a background? Because it's an interesting one from uh, yeah. right around you and finishing with what you do now.
0: Yeah, I, um, I mean, my title changes all the time. I, I'm a high performance consultant, I'm a coach mentor, I'm a leadership coach. And um, I'm known mostly for my work in professional rugby, although I've worked in professional soccer as well. So, like, I've worked in high-performance rugby now for about 27 years. And um, I've worked for national teams. I've worked for Ireland, Wales, um, the British and Irish Lions. I've worked for London Wasps, Leicester Tigers. And um, I've worked as a consultant for world rugby for about, close to 12, 13 years now, and that's took me all over the world, working on the seventh circuit with women, with men, and um, but most notably, I guess, I guess I'm guess i mostly proud of my work with Georgia over the years, um, with Uruguay, and uh, more recently with uh, Chile helping them to qualify for the World Cup. Um, so that's half of me, Rob. I'm kind of this high-performance coach in rugby, and over that time, I've evolved from an SNC coach that was really, really passionate about SNC to someone that's really passionate about the holistic nature of performance, outer performance, inner performance. And more recently, in, in recent years, I'm really fascinated with culture and how teams can grow culture and, and grow this kind of sense of, of brotherhood. Um, and following on from that concept of brotherhood, actually. The other half of what I do is I run an organization called Men Without Masks, and uh, we are a service for men. We run men's retreats, we run run online programs for men, uh, and we do private coaching services for men. And we we attract men from all walks of life, you know, sportsmen, high performers, men with trauma, uh, men that just want to fulfill the potential. So I have this um, this mission really around helping men to become. I guess more unique leaders to find their uniqueness and and fulfil the potential in this lifetime.
1: So you mentioned that you started off as a like what we'd class as a traditional SNC coach.
0: Yeah, I was is... one of the first actually in, in okay. professional rugby.
1: Yeah. So is it, is it been a transition just over time moving into this more leadership space? Was it a, a particular job that threw you into that kind of role, which meant you had to learn on on the spot, or what, what was the transition like?
0: Two things really, Rob. Um, One thing now, what I know now about kind of how drivers and values evolve within us, you know, I I just exhausted S and C. I was just such an avid learner for years and years and years. You know, I interned all over the world and went to visit teams all over the world. And, you know, went to Westside, trained with Ian Dana that used to train Mike Tyson, went with Charlie Francis, lived with Charlie Francis for two weeks, and and more and more people. And I was just fascinated and and, and it's almost as if I filled that void so much that I needed another challenge. So, you know, I, I, I tend to be an intense guy and I love learning. So once I've filled I fill a void, I'll look for something else. So there's this natural transition of wanting to be challenged that's led me to kind of change my roles and my passion over the years, I guess. But also, uh, I've also been on this journey of self-discovery as well. It's almost as if, it was all about learning here and success here and over the years it's 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 come inwards and now I define a lot of my success and a lot of my embodied learning by you know what I've kind of learned on the inside and and that was the catalyst for that Rob was um I went on a yoga retreat about 14 years ago and I wasn't into yoga I mean I've since become a yoga teacher meditation teacher and many other things but I wasn't into yoga at all and and I was forced to go by my ex-wife, and uh, and it it turned my life around upside down actually, but in a good way. Um, and my values changed so much in that month because it was so intense, and I learned so much about myself on the inside through trying to stay quiet and breathe and meditate. Um, that when I went back, things just didn't make sense anymore. Uh, there was an internal calibration going on around what was important and what wasn't important. And I didn't have clarity. So whenever we move through a threshold or a new passage in life, you know, it's often preceded with confusion. So I was confused and I was angry. I didn't know what was going on. And to put a long story short, after a year back home after that yoga retreat, I was working for the Welsh rugby team as the performance director. I just left. And uh, I headed off to Thailand and, um, and I went on this crazy journey of self-discovery and learning new skills, leadership skills, NLP, psychology, shadow work, uh, yoga, meditation, all weird and wonderful things. And, um, and also learned a lot about myself, working with coaches and therapists. And, and for a while, Rob, there was a separation in me. I'll admit it. It was like, on one hand, I was this kind of rugby guy dipping in and out. And on the other hand, I was this yoga guy and it was kind of a split. And it's only in, in recent years where it's it's unified inside of me and uh, I'm at peace with myself. But, and um, and now I'm kind of working back in rugby and loving it more than ever before, as well as all the other stuff. There was a while on my self-discovery journey where I'll be honest with you, I didn't actually like rugby. I was kind of doing it for for, for the money, working for World Rugby. But, but once I redefined why I did it, and now it's all the same. I'm just working with men and helping them to fulfil the potential. I can create safety in the rugby space because people know me, and and I can affect change because of that. So I'm, I'm at peace now with with both sides of my, my job.
1: How have you? Because I can imagine going through that that kind of journey. It could have gone another way where you, it just you could have left it behind. And can never to return again. You said you fell out of love with it. How did you kind of bring it together and and clearly make a massive success of this transition and the ability to bring it together and like you say, be at be at peace with what it looks like now? Well, there was there was a time
0: unconsciously, I, I was in a bit of pain, you know, stuff was coming up from the past. I was angry as fuck. And um I didn't realize that at the time, but like, like there was a time and actually. Out of this pain and out of this, I'm not working in rugby ever again, came Men Without Masks. So Men Without Masks was, was born because I didn't want to work in rugby. And I thought, wow, I'm done with rugby. I'll create something that's still with men because I'm good in that space. You know, I, I still want to use everything I've learned and pull it into the space, but I'm done with rugby. Um, and, and I kept going back again and kept going back again. All I can say to you, Rob, it, it was, it whether this sounds esoteric or not it was like there was a, there was a pull there was a tug inside saying hey mate this is still part of your mission on this earth this is this is still part of your dna um so i went back in and i had to i had to redefine because i'll be honest with you i couldn't work now for an england or a wales or an ireland or scotland because my hands would be tied there would be too many x and o's uh, and I, I, and people that know me they know i'm i'm not like that anymore um my work in rugby now a lot of it is in South America and it's with countries like Uruguay and Chile and because I'm respected and I've got trust with the leaders in in those environments it's a blank canvas Rob I can go in and do what I want and nobody's telling me what to do and I I can also experiment you know some of the things that I'm doing now with rugby teams I would never get the chance to do with an England in the confines of a Six Nations, with all those different specialists around, and so, and I don't want to be a slave to Ruby again, so World Ruby gives me a doorway to an in-and-out approach without the day-to-day kind of stresses of it, so it's a win-win, really.
1: Can you give us an example of the things that you are able to do in South America that you won't necessarily be able to do in England?
0: I mean, I, England, I mean, sorry. yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example of what I did with Chile recently, so I've, I've worked with Chile on and off for a few years since the head coach, Pablo Lemoine, got the job because he knew me from when he used to coach Uruguay. And, um, and I've been over there a couple of times, but then because of COVID, I've just been kind of Zooming them and supporting them on Zoom. But he got me over for a, a full month before they played USA in two-game qualification for the World Cup. And, I mean, he basically said to me, Luke, um, I want you to work with our culture, this brotherhood, trust, open communication deeper connection and i really want us to deepen our why so it gave me the mission and and i was kind of wow come on what can we do so i mean i did a number of different uh, and you can see some of the stuff on linkedin recently i posted you know a number of different sessions with me there was only me and the players we must have been about eight sessions over a month and um And we were talking about the past and we were talking about gratitude and we were talking about mentors that influenced us and we were talking about um, pain of the past, pleasure of the past. So there was a piece around the past, Rob, which in my philosophy, if you like, is a cog of deepening purpose. And then there was there was other periods where we'd, we'd focus on the presence and I'd teach them grounding practices, how to come into the present moment, how to get out of the head, how to cultivate presence and embodied groundedness and you know some people might, might people might call that coherence or um presence or you know single pointed focus it's all the same thing but and, and then we projected the story of how they wanted to perform against the usa so this is the this is the future piece you know who are you now where do you want to go how do you want to get there how do you want to perform in the game what's your mission that we even did a session rob which is which is so good so so good um where I gave the players a task and they had to, they had the weekend to prepare a presentation, every one of them, and they had to prepare who the character is gonna be, like like an alter ego, who the character was, what the mission was going to be against the USA, and the commitment to the team over the last 10 days of the campaign. And, And it was so good. It was so good. They put so much into it. There's so much charisma, so much expression, and, and there was so much trust after it and, and, and honouring of each other. So, I mean, I, that's a whirlwind kind of tour of some of the work I did, but in terms of deepening that why, um, and some of this is an influence by Owen Eastwood, is, you know, there's there's a piece of work to do to deepen awareness of the past there's a piece of work to do to deepen awareness of the present moment, grounded presence, and where a team are now or an individual. And there's a piece of work to do around the future. And the energy of that, and I want, and when I say energy, the, the embodied energy of that, because to cultivate all that, you've got to go inwards. It's not something you can read in a book and it's unique to each individual. The energy of that is what I call it's like purpose petrol. You know, it's, it's, it's much more than passion. Passion is useless without purpose. Uh, and on, and on outside of that, you know, I had some wonderful conversations with the captain, you know, deep conversations with the captain, people, players were trusting in me, they were opening up. And, and sometimes it was just a matter of being in a, in a, in a state of embodied presence. So they felt heard, they could offload the fears. And then behind that space is, is, is presence. You know, I, I, fear is an interesting uh, energy, and if it gets too much, for sure it affects performance. And sometimes players, I I, I even recommend to teams uh, and individuals that if there's too much fear in the dressing room before kickoff, they have to voice it to someone. Otherwise, they carry it on the pitch and it affects the tissues and it affects the physiology. So, uh, yeah, going off on a tangent there, but I'm just as you can see, I'm just excited by what's possible without the book because sometimes i don't even look into books for these things i just kind of con- conjure them up and try them and see if they work
1: yeah so in terms of the 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 consultants that you do say south america for example so you are you putting in place like a an snc team or like a high performance team or are you coming in
0: it used to be that way, way Rob, because the tier two is never used, didn't, used to be so far behind the tier one. So years ago, you know, I'd go in there, I'd do like a 64-page report, tell them everything that they needed to do over a four-year cycle, and then we'd put all the pieces in place. But thankfully, most of them are in a decent position now. They've got the foundational basics right, and it depends on the environment, Um And it depends on the needs, like one of the things I didn't know I was going to be doing in Chile for the recent month, outside of my cultural work, was, I ended up effectively being the rehab coach. Okay. Because they'd made the head physio, the manager who was doing a great job, they hadn't replaced him. So they were pulling in part-time physios and there was a hole, a huge hole and three of the best players were injured. So I had to step in. And in other environments like Georgia, for example, I'm pretty hands off because I've known them for years. They're doing a great job. And it's just kind of, you know, just asking good questions and individual conversations. So it's more of a mentoring role. Um, and and in Uruguay, it'll be a, who I'm working with again before the World Cup next year, actually, with Uruguay, because I know them so well. I've been in and out for years. When I go in next time, it'll be a combination of, 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 of mentoring, but actually getting my hands dirty and being an SNC coach in the gym. So it depends. But but the mental piece, the cultural piece, the brotherhood piece, it's always been in me, Rob. Even when I was an S C coach, when I used to work at London Wasps and we had some some golden years, we did kind of do things differently. And my philosophy, I didn't really know it until I looked into this stuff. My philosophy as an S C coach was always, I, I, I don't prescribe based on a physiological outcome of what I want, I'll prescribe a physiological session with a projected outcome of brotherhood, cultivating trust, cultivating self-belief. So I guess at the time, that's what separated me from a lot of the other s and coaches in the other clubs that were doing the traditional stuff, the 800s, the 400s, the 200s, the sprints, the linear stuff um so yeah for me it was always about this kind of brotherhood so in my snc days i always used it might sound strange to some people i always used a lot of activities that involved touch for example and close connection and you know because it, it's an element of building trust so we did, you know we compete with other, each other a lot you know we, back in the day we did a lot of combat work and all the other teams were running and of course the games changed now but you know, back in the early days of professionalism, when teams were all kind of relatively running fit, you know, we gained an edge from the combat area. So, yeah, but I, but I always prescribe based on this kind of cultural development of the team.
1: So with your with your journey that we've just gone through, if you're employing or bringing a, an S, a traditional a traditional SNC coach in, how has your journey affected what you would actually look for in that kind of professional coming on board? Yeah.
0: Well, it has to affect it, doesn't it, Robert? Mm. It's a great question that actually. It's a great question because in the world of SNC, there's all these arguments around the best practice. And but at the end of the day, you know, if you're an SNC coach and you're from an athletic background, athletics is the most important thing in the whole world. If you're from a wrestling background, so is wrestling a judo. So there's always that bias. We can't get away from that because it's where we're comfortable. It's our superpower. It's the zone of, of, of efficiency for us. Um, so if I'm looking for a coach now um, to work in one of my teams, I guess, I'm obviously unconsciously looking at it through my own filters of, of, of my qualities. But I actually, I, I thought you would ask this question, and I made a few notes earlier. Um, i definitely look for courage. And my definition of courage is someone that, is prepared to lean into their edge you know not take the easy option you know i know a lot of SNC coaches they'll read forever about strength and power forever and ever and ever because it's the comfort zone it's not actually the zone of of development so i want someone that is really kind of courageous willing to think outside the box an infectious learner um they have to be a role model that's my bias It's not always necessary, but I think they have to be a role model. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean in the sense of looking like a CrossFit athlete. I mean in terms of do as I do. So I had a philosophy and I always have a philosophy is I'll never ask you to do something if I'm not trying it myself. So that's important for me. Um, Another key component that I wrote down is, um, I think I was good at this without knowing. Someone that fucks up but mops up quickly. <laughs> because that is a key component of trust. I don't know if you've ever re- realized this, Rob. When you make a mistake in an environment, even if it's the worst mistake in the world, if you quickly hold your hand up and state what you what you did wrong and how you're going to fix it, whoever you kind of disappointed, they end up trusting you more. That's my experience of it. So it's a real component of building trust in teams. It trust will break down in individual fractured. Kind of areas, and provided that you can fix things soon and and repair, which is a a word me and my partner have have recently come up with. You know, we fracture, and we're getting good at repair. Then the relationship gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So I I look for someone who who fixes his mistakes quickly. Um, I want someone that's upfront and not afraid to speak up. I want someone that cares about people. And not selfish. So it really, really cares about people. And the the last one is um, I like uniqueness, Rob. You know, not necessarily quirkiness, but someone that is unique and they celebrate their uniqueness. They don't try to be someone that they're not. You know, whether that is someone that's a joker or someone that's really stoic, it doesn't really matter. Provided that they see their uniqueness as a talent to be expressed. And they express it without giving a shit what people think of them.
1: Can you give us an examples of where, if some, any? You have to mention names, but people you've come across. I really like that last one, and I'm putting myself in the position of someone that's hiring. And within SNC, or within any, any other industry, you're going to get a lot of people who are not clones, but they've gone through the same education, same background. They've all into the same things, the strength and power. They've all read Super Training 15 times. But then you get the one person who mad into Lego, like just, oh, you know, whatever, only because I'm mad into Lego. But, you know, someone who's just that little bit different or instead of getting in that second internship, went traveling for a year and you're like, okay, you've got something that I've not seen before. Any examples of that?
0: It's it, I mean, it's fun, it's good to say that's what I look for on a CV. I don't look at the accreditations. I look at the experience. I mean, the obvious person to speak about is Paul Stridgeon, who works for Wales, who wasn't who I used to write Paul's programs for him when he was a wrestler when he was 12. Um, I, um and it is it, a mate of mine. He's not talking to me at the moment, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean Paul. Paul is the obvious one. He's his character's infectious, he's funny, he does weird and wonderful things. He's not your conventional S and C looking athletic coach. His weights up and down. He has quirky habits, but his capacity to cultivate a deep sense of safety and support the players like a father, but challenge them also like a father—it's—it's it's unparalleled. I've, I've never seen it before. It's—it's it's amazing. He can be the joker and he can also be the uh, the commander.
1: So, any you've listed things there that you'd look for in a coach. Yeah, nothing technical
0: um no because I te- I mean for me that's a non-negotiable A given it's a non-negotiable if you're an sNC coach and you can't lift and you can't demonstrate the drills better than the players you've got a problem now that's obviously biased because because I, I could I could I was quite technically good so I'm biased not everybody's like that but I, I would I would uh, yeah I mean if we if I employed someone and it wasn't technically good I'd I just give him six months to come up to scratch.
1: So we're just going to take a very quick break in this chat with Craig. Hope you're enjoying part one. So over in part two, we have a little chat around mentorship. What is mentorship? Then we have a deeper chat on what he would look for. Should he be in a performance director role and looking for a performance coach, a strength and conditioning coach? So really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pacey Performance podcast is sponsored by Hawking Dynamics. Hawking Dynamics is the world's first wireless force plate testing system. The Hawking Dynamics system is built for coaches to test in the real world, not just in the lab. Capture reliable data on all your athletes in a matter of minutes and monitor their progress in the cloud from anywhere in the world. The Hawking Dynamics force plates are wireless, portable and trusted by teams at every level of sport. Integrating force plates into your athlete monitoring program has never been easier or more affordable. If you want to see the Hawking Dynamics force plate system in action, head over to their website hawkingdynamics.com to schedule a demo or follow them on Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. Also sponsoring this episode is Fusion Sport. Smarterbase from Fusion Sport is the premier human performance optimization platform for elite sports teams and military organizations. Built on an infinitely configurable framework, SmarterBase is the most flexible software on the market. Create an adaptable solution to support your unique strategy, process and culture for a fraction of the cost and time it takes to build your own. Centralise your performance and health data by easily integrating with other tech and data systems using SmarterBase's robust API and custom built connectors. Improve performance and reduce injury by enabling better communication and decision making with role-based access, custom workflows, mobile apps and personalized visual dashboards. And with the SmarterBase success guarantee, you can be confident in your human performance solution and the people who stand behind it. Visit fusionsportcom forward SmarterBase to learn how SmarterBase can help you improve athlete performance and service member combat readiness. And now back to the episode with Craig. What I'd like to move on to now is mentors and mentorships because you go on social media and everyone's up, not everyone, but there's a lot more than there was two or three years ago. People offering online mentorships, in-person mentorships, one-on-one group, it seems to be everywhere and I sent you a little clip that I'd also put on social media which was Stephen Bartlett talking about mentors and maybe the younger generation maybe people coming through university early to mid-20s his perception was that these people look to a mentor and go I want this one magical person who's gonna pull me through and help me along the way where actually there's the internet like you can have Craig can be our mentor because I can follow him on LinkedIn and and read all his, all his writings. Or you could go, you know, on Twitter and follow someone else and go visit someone. You can have all these different people around. It's not just one magical person. And we had a little bit of chat about this offline, but I'd love to get your take on what actually a mentor is, what people should expect. And is a mentor right for everyone?
0: I can talk about it, Rob. And then towards the end of it, I'll, I'll tell you how I mentor. Um, I mean, there's polarity in everything, isn't that? You know, we're talking about mentors now. There's polarity in every single aspect of life. You know, Instagram, mentors on Instagram, I'm sure some of them are brilliant and I'm sure some of them will make you worse. So it it obviously can be a dangerous field without awareness. Um, I've, I've had mentors, but often it's, for me, it's never like being one person. Um, I did an exercise once, and the exercise was do an inventory of all the different mentors in your life. And, and when I went back, there wasn't one perfect mentor. But, and, and funnily enough, all my mentors have been PE teachers and, and, and rugby coaches. But what I did in the inventory was I wrote down all the positive qualities of each mentor not the negative ones, just all the positives. And I looked at the kind of port and I thought, wow, fucking hell, that is amazing mentorship. Even if some of these guys messed up or they had shit, but areas of the life that, that they were divorced, you know, I've took a piece of gold from all these different men and it's in me. And it's like, wow, there's so much gratitude for that. Um, I have also used mentors as well. You know, I, I, I I meant, you know, Poliquin was a mentor, Charlie Francis was a mentor, Louis Simmons was a mentor, Ian Danny was a mentor, Alwan Gatlin was a mentor. Um, elements of my mom have, have been mentoring. Um, so, in relation to, I guess, the logistics of mentoring, I, it doesn't have to be one person. What I do with my clients at the moment, Rob, is, um, especially if you can afford it, is, you know, I, I'll act as the mentor. But I'll say, Luke, you have to put yourself in the middle of this circle as an enterprise. And one person isn't enough. You know, you might need access to a therapist, you might need access to a relationship coach. You know, you might need access to a health coach and, and try and build this support around the client. So that it's like the client is, 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 is the is the enterprise. So I think that for head coaches and, and high-performing coaches, I think that's smart. Um So in summary, I I, I don't think a a mentor needs to be one person. Um, You you know, you can pick things up from different people, pieces of of wisdom. Um, You can have more than one person. I also um, think it's wrong to have the same person the whole time. If you've really been with a mentor and absorbed the, the, the guidance from that mentor, you should get to a point where you don't need the mentor and you move on to a different mentor. And finally, before I go, go on to how I do it, um, you know, the mentor doesn't have to be a human being. You know, you, you can be mentored by elements of religion that you bring into, in, into your role, uh, spirituality, books, podcasts, you know, people on the street, um, your father, your mom, you know, people that inflicted pain on you. You know, it, 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 it's it's... There's different ways to look at mentorship and how you've grown as a result of that experience. So, I mean, mentorship is about growth, and there's so many different there's so many different herbs and spices within that kind of pot, if you like. Um, now, I, the way I I approach mentorship, Rob, is um, it, it, if if you go on a mentorship journey with me, it's about it's about you. Am I I have loads of research sources that I share, but I'll never follow or tell you to follow a particular paradigm, process, philosophy and methodology. It's all about you. All I care about is you. So if I'm mentoring you, I wanna know everything about you. I wanna know stuff around your past. I wanna know what you're grateful for. I wanna know your pains, your pleasures. I wanna know who mentored you already. I want to know what your inner GPS system is, what's driving you. You know, I want to know what your talents, unfilled potential, blind spots are. I want to know how much presence you've got and how much you're in your head and out of your body. I want to know how much emotional intelligence you've got. And I want to know a bit about your future, like who are you now? How do you define yourself? Where do you want to be in, in six months to 10 months to 12 months of time? How are you going to get there? Um, how can you cultivate that pot of drivers? And to lead you into an, an inspired vision that you know changes the world, and um, what's your mission? And the other thing to say about my mentorships that I think are different to a lot of others is, if you if you mentor with me for six months, for example, you will have a shift from leading your life through cognitive rational thinking and after six months you'll be a better leader and a more aware decision maker because you'll have a deeper connection with your body I mean people talk about self-awareness a lot don't they And, and emotional intelligence well mate it ain't something you can develop by listening to a podcast It ain't emotional intelligence can't be learned from a book written by Daniel Goldman even though it's a great book it's, it's it's got to involve some kind of embodied practice. If you want to access a deeper understanding of your own emotions and feel them so that you can have a more of a level playing field with who you're trying to support and you can understand their emotions and make that deep connection of rapport and trust so he can flourish and express because he trusts you, you've got to practice. You need an embodied practice whether that involves cold water therapy or hot or yoga or meditation or movement or dance or martial arts or you know or 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 mindful weight training or body scanning or touch or deep tissue work to kind of get you into your feelings or or grief therapy you know i look, look at things in a very holistic unique way in order for you to be able to tap into what you need not what someone else needs to develop your own level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Because we live in a culture, especially as men, that teaches us to live in our heads. And it's not enough, you know, the wisdom, all that hidden potential, a new reality, it's inside our body. Now the scientists might say, what are we talking about? But that's my experience. My experience of doing those practices metaphorically has led me into a place at the age of 50 where I'm much more comfortable in my skin than I was when I was 26. Because it's not all about reading and listening to podcasts.
1: As much as I would like to say that's not true. (laughs) But for for someone, obviously, the the main goal our main... The best outcome is to have a mentor like yourself. So pay for your time to to help that on that journey. For the people out there who who don't have the finance to be able to do that, don't feel it's right for them. And we talk, and like I said about Stephen Bartlett, there's you can have mentors that are out there who don't know. You've got the internet. You've got access to people. You've got access to resources. But that's obviously that's a dangerous thing as well because there's so much. And I've been there when it just becomes so overwhelmed or you go down a track with one particular person because you think that you can learn a lot from them Then I'm not sure they turned out to be the right kind of person I should be either aligned with or listening to as much as I do. What would be your advice for someone who's along that journey, doesn't have the finance to be able to have a mentor, but is looking for guidance Elsewhere and probably feeling quite overwhelmed with how much is out there. Um I
0: might I might answer the way I'm going to answer this, it 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 might surprise you. Um for me, for me, whether you call it life or career or whatever, in this process of learning, you know, and if a young SNC coach is wanting to learn, um, you can't avoid the pain so if you end up going down the wrong track and going with the wrong type of information on on instagram you might find out one day and the pain of that you might have you might get more learning from that than if you had the perfect mentor so i, I as long as you've got an infectious attitude to learn and never stop learning and just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking you'll find you'll find your way you really will find your way and you're gonna look in the wrong direction. It's a process. The other thing the other thing I wanna say though, Rob, is I get loads of messages from SNC coaches and other, other coaches, and um, um, sometimes a message is it's a bit abstract. It's like, well, what are you actually asking for, me? When someone is really when a young lad, you know, 19 years of age, confident, a bit cocky contacts me and like leave me a voicemail on LinkedIn asking for some of my time which is precious I'll give it to him because I'm thinking mate you've just gone straight in you know you've not set you've not sent me a, a, a boring CV you've just gone straight in another another guy who I employed after me in Wales actually Adam Beard I had about 50 CVs for an SNC coach's job and Adam sent me a keynote CV with an embedded video of him working with athletes. And it was like, whoa, you, you, got, you got the job, mate, you know? So I think uh, being confident and cocky and not and, and not worrying what others think is, it's so competitive out there, Rob, now. You've gotta be like that. If not, you, you're gonna be an intern for the rest of your life.
1: Adam's done all right for himself, hasn't he? He's done all right, yeah. He's done all right. Yeah. So, like I said, that- I don't want to reiterate it, but there is an like I say, I've been there, so overwhelmed with the amount of information. I think one thing that SNC coaches do do well is this thirst for knowledge, and even to the point, like you, just feeling completely not. I don't think you use the word burnt out, but burnt out with this pursuit of information. How difficult? So, um, sorry, can I say one really important? Crash
0: cam, crash cam. which is probably more in line with, with with the specifics of your question. Anyway, so one thing I do notice, even with some of my clients is, like I'll get some clients coming to me and they come to me because they've not got a job or they've just been sacked or, right. or they want a job, right? And, and one of the first, or, or, or they've come out of internship and they're kind of moving into a role, but you can't get the right role. One of the first things that they say to me is things like this, mate, I've got a degree. I've got a master's, I've got a PhD, you know, like, look at that fucking cunt, look at him, look at him, look at him, I'm better than him, I'm better than him. And the first thing I say to to him is, all right, mate, you know that, does the world know that? It's like, uh, what do you mean? I said, well, are you on LinkedIn? No. Are you on Instagram? Do you give free videos? Do you speak? Do you go around to clubs? And the answer is always no. So whilst I do recommend that infectious quest to learn, learning for me is a combination of gathering knowledge and being seen and stepping into that edge of being seen, which you and I know is like, oh God, I mean, only seven only six or seven years ago i was working with a coach and he said to me you need a website with your name on i was like no way and then he said you need a facebook page and then he said you need to write blogs and then he said you need to uh, put some photographs on and write some text on it's like no chance you need to do some videos and it's and whilst that whilst i can't say i love doing videos on instagram there's been a lot of growth in it for me rob because i've got over myself you know get over yourself and um so i think s and c if they really want a job as well as questing on that knowledge path they've got to get over themselves and be seen i'm glad i'm glad I, I remembered that
1: yeah i mean i've been there with starting starting the podcast didn't i probably didn't listen to my back to myself for about 18 months, two years. And then it was like, oh, come on, just get over it. And you move on and you do feel comfortable just, just doing it and, and putting yourself out there. I think I think people are, because of the need to put themselves out there on Instagram or Twitter or, or LinkedIn, like you say. But I think it is still a big barrier for a lot of people to feel like I'm being judged by my peers. What are they going to think? Am I putting the right thing out? But I mean, I'm sure you'll echo this. Just start. Just do something. Do something and learn as you go. And there's a um, there's a thing in the I don't know if it's online space about building building public, like build a business in public. Just just be open with this month. Revenue went from this to this. We had this. We had this client. They left. This client. They came. And building in public is a fancy thing of just being open and honest about what you're doing. And I think you're then you're accountable to yourself. You're accountable to others. And this openness builds builds a community, and people can relate to you rather than being this stiff. And, and it builds confidence, of course. Yeah, but social media is not
0: for everybody, is it, Ross? Of course. Of course. Now, if social media is not for you and you want you want to get on the ladder of SNC, well, you need to make sure that you you get a whiteboard, you do some research, you write down 100 people who are influencers who you want to meet and go and meet
1: them. Get in your car. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go and meet them, you know.
1: In in 2014, I was an S&C coach at a university. And I'd just started the podcast and I'd, I'd, I'd got Dave Tenney on the podcast he was at the Seattle Sounds at the time. Obviously was didn't he, know. Was, was he, was, is he a medical guy, Dave? Dave is the he was a high performance manager at Seattle yeah. Sounders, went to the Orlando Magic and now is with Austin in uh, MLS. And we did a chat. I didn't know me from Adam. We had a chat for the podcast. And I got off to call with Dave and we'd talked, we'd talk because his just they put a conference on in Seattle every year. And I said to him, I'm gonna come to the I'm gonna come to the conference next year and that was a big thing because I couldn't really afford to go uh couldn't really afford the ticket to get to to, to get into the conference but went and it was great like you're meeting these people in person and you've got you've got to back yourself you've got to put yourself out there and get in your car or get on the plane and go visit people it's not going to come it's not going to come to you
0: no not at all not at all Uh, but I do have sympathy though Rob it's tough you know when, when I was coaching when I was SNC coach in rugby um there wasn't many of us around to be honest um and and I was probably looking back the first SNC coach within rugby to use interns you know there's a year at wasps and we had four interns and none of the other teams had interns um but now even getting in intern positions is tough
1: yeah even the interns have got to have experience. I
0: know.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I know. It's <sighs> how do you how do you feel? Where do you feel the industry's going on that front with the expectation of the qualifications and the experience and you know wages and that type of thing? What what's your feeling of, of the industry moving forwards? Um
0: Are you talking about the S C industry? Yeah. Well, I'm out of it really, Rob, but I can give you what I yeah. think. I'm, I'm not speaking from kind of up-to-date expert observation here. Um, I mean, all the accreditation stuff, it, yeah. I mean, it's important, isn't it? But again, the problem is you've got to spend 20 grand on accreditation before <laughs> you go for an internship. Yeah. Um, but generally, that's what organizations are looking for. Now you might get lucky and you apply to a club who've got a performance director like me, and I'd actually take on a guy without a degree if he shows me character traits like this. I, I'd take him on and just upskill him myself. Um so, yeah, on one hand, you know, all the safety and the legislation and all kind of that stuff, but it's just a money racket, isn't it? In relation to in, in relation to payments, um, I hope rugby, rugby S&C coaches and coaches don't ever get paid as much as American football coaches, because it, I think it'll affect the psychology of them. I think rugby staff up until now are still quite humble. And I do think because they're not getting paid millions and millions, is part of that, the reason for that. Um, I mean, look, you earn your stripes, you get paid a decent wedge. Um yeah, rugby's never going to be like football. I can, only, I can only comment on
1: rugby. I I did some, well, did a couple of years working for Catapult, a GPS company. And with that, I had the luck of going around to a lot of clubs and seeing a lot of environments. And the one place, I know you're talking about rugby union here, but the one place or places that I love to go was Super League clubs. Super League clubs, because the, everyone was in one office. Porter cabin I mean, I went to Cast Tigers. I mean, they were doing really well at the time. And it's just a, a little place, like you knock on the door. I knocked on the door and there was a guy answered. I didn't have a clue who was who. Do you want a, you want a cup of coffee? Yeah, grab me a cup of coffee. And then we had a little look round, went into the gym, had a chat with the SNC coach. And I was like, who's that guy? He's, like, He's the manager. He's the guy that got you a cup of coffee. I was like, how good is this? This is brilliant. It's such a great environment. And these guys won't be yeah, probably down the pay scale in terms of when you compare to union and football, but such a good environment. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And would it be a good environment if there was all on three million quid a year?
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah.
0: Money, money, money is a very, very interesting energy that affects it affects psychology, especially if you've not got awareness. It really is an interesting phenomenon. When I was working for a national team for about a year and a half, the kit man. It was miserable as fuck, you know, he was really a miserable fucker. It's
1: standard kit man. man.
0: What was wrong with him? Anyway, one day, it's like such a shift. It was amazing. It was, his posture had changed, his demeanor had changed, he would do anything for you. When we had a social, he'd bring his wife and all his kids. And I said to the manager, what's going on with him? He said, oh, we've, uh, We'd give him a grand, uh, we'd give him a pay rise of 10 grand. He's been asking for it for the last six years. Because obviously before that, there was a gap between how much he was getting paid and how much he felt good enough and worthy enough.
1: Worth, yeah.
0: That gap's been filled and he's happy as, he's happy as anything, you know, yeah, yeah. he's expressing himself the way he, he can do because he's, he's content.
1: Interesting. Right, mate. Well, if I know you put lots of stuff on LinkedIn, why did you decide LinkedIn was the place for your?
0: It's not really. I'm I'm on Instagram. I don't. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I think I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I've got Craig White mentoring.
1: There you go. Took the on the advice.
0: I've got men with masks on Instagram. I've got, I've got my profile's not good on LinkedIn for anybody that wants to Hannah, uh, have a look at what I'm about. Nice. Uh, and and the high performance me is on the website Craig White Mentoring, and the hippie me is on MemberThatMasks. dot masks.com.
1: Yeah, and I went on your website, and there's there's not there's a few not bad testimonials on there.
0: Yeah, there's some good it's ones. Like a, who's,
1: like a who's who of. Rugby, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, coming
0: back to the word mentor, I mean, I didn't choose to be a mentor. It's just, I just look back at my career and people have said to me, you've mentored him, you've mentored him, it's like, oh, really? Have I? And I just kinda, I'm blessed really, because I guess the natural talent of mentorship is, is, is something I express, but I didn't choose it.
1: Well, Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I'm going to let you crack on and crack and uh, get on with your evening. But really appreciate it. It's like I said to you before we even press record. It's um, slightly different from the normal X's and O's, but I, I love it because I can we can get into the get into the person. I think we've definitely done that with you. So let's do uh, another one soon. I mean, even if to...
0: even if in the future you want to do something along the lines of um, the psychology. not I don't like the word psychology, but the um, the mental side of S and C. Yeah
1: yeah 100% we'd love to right mate I'm going to let you go
0: thanks well, very much
1: and no worries, um, look forward to catching you soon see you mate cheers Craig thanks for tuning in to episode 411 of the Pacey Performance podcast slightly different episode today focusing on less of the X's nose, more on the psychological emotional well-being communication and culture side of things so I hope you enjoyed this chat with Craig big thanks to Hawking Dynamics Fusion Sport Stanta College, Omega Wave and iMeasureU for sponsoring this episode today. The podcast could not run in its current form without these guys so I do appreciate all their support Big thanks to you for all your support as well and look forward to chatting to you next time